Some of the most influential and oft-quoted verses in the Bible revolve around the Holy Spirit. You may not realize it because the Holy Spirit often gets let, left out. Why does he get left out? Because he is Lord. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. He is Lord. Father God sitting in heaven right now on his throne. He is Lord. And equally with those two, the Holy Spirit is Lord, but nobody talks about him. Why? Because you can ex receive the Lordship of Jesus because he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. He's not actually with you. You guys see how quiet it gets? People, people, get, people get to thinking that I'm offending Jesus. Jesus is judge. John chapter 5, 22 and 23. Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit is here. Amen. Jesus is going to come back very briefly and then go back to his throne room. The Holy Ghost is in this room. So people want Jesus because it's a far off relationship with God. They'd rather have Jesus because he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is what gives you daily guidance? I'm already off track with the message. If you want a great marriage, you have to have the Holy Ghost. Let me illustrate this for you. He will guide you like men and women. Now, a lot of women want to transform their marriage into a lesbian partnership. They want their men to be women. See, the Holy Ghost will teach you how to love your wife without becoming a woman or being controlled by your wife. How many of you have seen couples where the man is controlled by their wife? And if not, both of the, par both of the parents are controlled by their kids. The Holy Spirit will guide you in how not to get to that place. Minute by minute, second by second, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, if you want him. But you have to invite him in. Do you want that? That's the question. You know a lot of ministries are destroyed by people's spouses? Because they don't have the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you need to tell your husband you're wrong. Sometimes you need to tell your wife she's wrong. You don't think I've seen it? I've been pastoring this church for 19 years. And I was in churches since 1987. If there's no great fruit in your ministry and you're married, chances are someone or both of you are ruining your ministry. I've seen it over and over again. You have the normal one and you have the weird one. And it's gender neutral. It can be either one. And they ruin each other's, they ruin it, whether, say the husband is called to pastor, and the wife ruins it, because she's weird. Or vice versa. The wife is called to do something. The wife is called in, into evangelism, or whatever she's called into doing. And the husband ruins it. You need to look at your spouse, and this is all the guidance of the Holy Ghost, because he'll tell you. But most people don't want him because he is Lord. 
And he'll say yes or no. Say that or don't say that. And a lot of times you need to look at your spouse in the eye and go, you know what? You're a little weird. I'm serious. I need to move forward. Are you talking about divorcing? Absolutely not. I'm not talking about divorcing anybody. I'm talking about growing a set and standing up to your spouse. Well, there's, uh, there's some real deep ramifications if I do. Oh, what ramifications? I'm telling you, if there's no fruit, something's wrong. What? Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. If there's no fruit, that because, that's because there's no Holy Spirit guidance. You can be word, listen, I am word of faith. I love Hagen, Copeland, DePlantis, Rodney Hour Brown, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I'm word of faith. But you can have word of faith and no Holy Ghost. That's why all the word of faith churches closed in 2020 and 2021, and 2022. Because they didn't have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. All they had was the sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit is who? Jesus. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. They want distance. People often say, I haven't preached this in a while, that the law was harder than our relationship with Jesus. Old covenant is harder than the new covenant. Harkening back to Family Feud. <laughs> family Fuad. At Foundation Church, it's Family Fuad. <laughs> the old covenant is dating God. The new covenant, what are you called? The bride of Christ is being married to God. It's a whole lot easier dating than being married. It's better being married than dating. If you do it right, you're being guided by the Holy Ghost, way better, I'm very happily married. But it's very easy to date. I, I, I've told my kids this, I've told numerous other people this, that I'm like, you're already fighting and you're dating? You realize when you're married, you're home? There is no going home. You are home. <laughs> That's the difference in the covenants. Old covenants dating God from a distance. New covenants being married to God, but Christians always choose, people always choose to go back to religion. I don't want intimacy. If you don't want the Holy Ghost, that's like having no intimacy in your marriage. And I'm not talking about just sex. I'm talking about communication. I'm talking about romance. I'm talking about holding hands, anything and everything. See, that was something that I discovered at the river, the river church. You're like, Tommy, you talk about Rodney Howard Brown all the time. I know I talk about him. He's my pastor. I talk about him all the time. I don't care what anybody thinks. But that's what I discovered at the, at, at the river is that I had an intimacy uh, lacking in my relationship with God. I had an intimacy less relationship with God. I was saved. I was heaven bound. I was sort of like the church at Ephesus who hated evil, but it left their first love. And I needed a touch from God. I needed that intimacy with God. 
And I've told you this, I don't know how many times I've been on all fours now. I preached against it for 15 straight years. You don't need to be touched by God. Hagen disciple, prosperity, I prospered. I was healed. We saw miracles in our church. But there was a lacking of intimacy. Why would you ever want a marriage where you never touch your spouse? We're married now, so no touch. Why would you ever want that? But most Christians choose it because with that intimacy comes an accountability. I want you to do this. Well, I want to be Lord. So does everybody. I want to be Lord too. I don't listen. There's so many things you probably think that I say all that I want to say. I don't say all that I want to say. I miss cussing. <laughs> I do. But I know what the Bible says. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. 2 Timothy 2, 16. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Colossians 3, 8. So I stopped. That's the guidance of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost brings the word. Brings the Jesus into the room. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 14, 26. So listen, when I want to say it, I just don't. And boy, there's times I want to. And it's not just that either. I would love to tell certain people certain things all the time. I'm not the most non-confrontational person. I'm... Confrontation, like I always tell people, if you want trouble, you've come to the right place. I'm all about trouble. I dealt with my entire 25, 25 years in a day in law enforcement. All I dealt with was trouble. And it wasn't just citizens, it was cops in trouble. Whatever it is, trouble all the time. I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm, I'm more in my natural realm in conflict. So I need to go the other way. The Holy Spirit said, I don't want you in conflict. I've come to bring you peace and life to its full abundance, not to be in conflict. Amen. So I learned, I went, I went to the river and I'm like, you know what? I have an intimacy-less relationship with God. And I've told this story a bunch of times, but I'm like, I'm sitting there at the river the first time I ever went there. I'd been on Pastor Rodney's podcast twice, but I had never been there. And they, uh, I went to their first um, the first stand service at night. They had their service in the morning, then they had one at night. It really wasn't at night, it was in the, you know, seven o'clock in the evening, and it was like a thousand degrees outside. No umbrellas, no pavilion at the time. And I'm standing, I'm sitting there, and remember what I had pre and by the way, I hadn't changed yet. I was just thinking, well, I'll tell you this. I was, I went on to pastor, I went to his podcast at his house, and then I did a podcast with him at the church. And it was the first time that they had opened up the church post arrest. And I'm sitting there with him, and I'm sitting at the desk, and all of a sudden, I feel this like reverse anxiety attack. It's the absolute antithesis of an anxiety attack. Suddenly, this power and this joy, and I almost couldn't control. I started to squirm in my seat. You could see it live. Thousands of people watched this before he got banned, before I got banned. 
thousands of people watching live, and I'm squirming in my seat. I never turn red. When I'm mad, I don't turn red. When I'm emotional, I don't turn red. I don't turn red. When I'm hot, I don't turn red. Nothing. I turn beet red. And I'm sitting there going, what the world is going on here? It's good. Whatever it is, it's really good. But I don't know what to do with myself. That's after years of, you don't, really, you don't need to be touched by God. Stand in the word. You do both. If you're married, that's standing in the word. Intimacy is the Holy Ghost. You have both being touched by God. You have to have both. And now I don't know how many times I've crawled back to my seat on all fours. Because I don't really wait for him to come and lift me up because I'm too prideful. So I just get on all fours, you know, the blanket they put over you and it falls off and you just crawl back to your seat. I don't worry. Listen, I approach God as a child now. I'm not, Lord, I'm a mature Christian. I heard Jesse Duplantis teach this. There are no adult Christians. We're all children of God. So back onto the message. That was all free. 12 minutes of free. Some of the most influential and often quoted verses in the Bible revolve around the Holy Spirit. Revolve around what I'm telling you, but he's left out because nobody wants him. I mean, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania today with Jonathan and Pastor Rodney in Tampa, who preaches this? I know there's others. I'm just saying who does? Who preaches this? It's too uncomfortable. If you preach it as a pastor, that means you're relinquishing control. You're like, are we going to have some kind of maniac service? No, you don't need to worry about it. I told you, conflict is right up my alley. I'll control people. That's no problem at all. I got some fellow cops in here. When I, when I, whenever I went to police calls, control was never the issue. I'm not saying I handled everything flawlessly because I didn't, but control was never the issue. When I came into your house, you called me. While I'm there, it's mine. No touch, don't touch me. Nothing. I have no problem with that part. What I have a problem with is intimacy and letting God be God. And as I die to myself and I'm urging you to follow my path, follow it in your own way, but follow my path and say, you know what? I'm just letting go. He's God. He's worthy of me relinquishing lordship to him. It's yours, Lord. A lot of you like to worry. You worry because you like to worry. It's right, it's right, right up your alley. It's, it's who you are. You love to worry because that's lordship. You never have to spend a moment the rest of your life in worry, in lack, or sickness ever. You don't, unless you want it. So here's some of those verses. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to, now everyone doesn't quote the second part of the verse. It's just like Joshua 24, 15. Everybody quotes the back end of the verse. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No, the first part of the verse is, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
It's talking about people like Christians who believe it's evil to serve the Lord. It's like I told you last week. There's a very famous pastor putting on a family convention who's got two married gay men, two couples, two married gay men couples preaching at his conference. His name is Andy Stanley. I don't do that very often. He put it out. Because to him, it seems evil to serve the Lord. It seems evil to tell those people that they're gonna die and go straight down, just like the hetero pornographer is, just like the hetero fornicator is. It's not evil to, it's not evil to serve the Lord. But in his version of Christianity, because now his Lord is his personal compassion, his own personal version of Jesus. That's his Lord now. So now kindness is his Lord. Even though it's not kindness to tell people that they're going to heaven when they're going to hell. Somebody's upset. Now to him who is able to do, back to Ephesians 3.20. Exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Here's the second part everybody avoids. According to the power that works in us. What is that power? What is that power? Everything I pray, I receive it this way. I said, Lord, through the power of the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. I snap like that all the time while I'm praying. You're like, Tom, that's disrespectful to God. I don't care what you think. I care about what God thinks. It brings me into attention. What's the power that works in us? Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. There's the power. Don't believe me? Here's more. Philippians 3, 10 and 11. I want to know him. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. So you have it correlating right there with Philippians 3, 10, 11, with Romans 8, 11. You have the spirit of resurrection living on the inside of you. That's what gives you an exceedingly and abundantly above all average life. A life that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, which by the way, I'll get to that in a minute, is also all Holy Spirit. So exceedingly abundantly comes from the Holy Ghost. Now don't take this the wrong way but you need to learn to delineate. It comes from the Holy Ghost, not a distancy relationship with Jesus who's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God as judge, as savior, and as soon coming king. But the one who gives you exceedingly abundantly a life above all expectations is the Holy Ghost. But they're one and the same. Stop trying to understand it. I don't understand it either. But if you don't, listen, if you're not specific, you're not gonna get blessed. I want to know Christ. Back to Philippians 3, 10 and 11. And the power of his, of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. If you want an exceedingly abundant life, it's Holy Ghost. So what do you do? You have to invite him in. I know a lot, I preached about this over the last two weeks, so I'm gonna keep this brief. But I know a lot of you were probably taught that the moment you were saved, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not the, that's not the Bible. Why does everybody run from the Bible? Because the Bible confronts your personal lordship. 
It confronts it. The Holy Ghost confronts it. Why most people don't want him in the room. Well, the Holy Ghost might embarrass me. I might fall to the ground. I might start laughing. I might start crying. I just go, good, great. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Appreciate it. So you have to invite him in. Tom, where do you get that from? Luke eleven thirteen. 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? See, you have to ask him. You, you can look at Acts 2, 37 and 38. It's the same exact thing. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. They got baptized in Jesus first. Saved first. So Tom, are you saying that you don't speak with tongues, you're going to hell? Absolutely not. You're just a John the Baptist. You're supposed to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and you get filled with the Holy Ghost by asking him. Tom, that defies my theology. Stop being Lord. You're not worthy. I'm not worthy. Stop being Lord. Let it go. The more I let go in my life, the happier I get. That doesn't, listen, by the way, it doesn't mean disarray. I'm in my lane. If there's a thump in the night, I get up with a nine millimeter, not my wife. That's my lane. I remember when we had some sort of, oh, the alarm went off in the middle of the night, you know, goes off, which is normally my son setting it off. (laughs) But not this night. Alarm goes off. I mean, it's like automatic. It's robotic. I spring up. One movement, go right to my dresser, pull out my nine millimeter and go check the house. My wife, I come back, my wife goes, that is so hot. (laughs) Darn right. That's right, it's my lane. It's not her lane, that's my lane. Listen, I should, people can never take it, but I should teach a marriage seminar. I'm telling you. (laughs) Thank you, dear. (laughs) I could teach you how to be way happier, but there's moves you'd have to make first. (laughs) Try not to slip into that right now. It's 1122. (laughs) I could. Because it's guided by the Holy Ghost. There's times to be extremely manly. And there's times to look your wife in the eye and tell her that you love her. That's, that's both of those are the Holy Ghost. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who's led by the Spirit. John 3, 8. So let's just get into the breeze. He's not a God of disorder. You don't have to worry about any of that. He's, like, he's a God of order. It'll be the most, his breeze is the most order you'll ever experience. Here's another one. So you have, you have Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the Holy Ghost. But nobody preaches that. According to the Holy Ghost. Let's look at another one. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Be not deceived, 
God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Anybody else know anything else about that verse? It's about all about the Holy Spirit. How is that? So if you miss this, you don't understand sowing and reaping. That's why all Christians are poor. You're not supposed to be poor. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, you're supposed to be rich. He died, he sacrificed his wealth so that you could be wealthy. And to see, you don't get amens on that. I got one amen over here and one from Pete. Pete's my longtime friend, so he's, a, he's amen and he trusts me. Because you think I'm gonna do an offering right now. All the new people in here think I'm gonna do an offering. I don't even take an offering. I'm not, I'm not looking for an offering. But if you don't get that this is all about the Holy Ghost, which I'll explain in a second, you're missing the entire principle of sowing and reaping. Why am I poor? Because you plant no seed. Simple as that. You want money, you gotta plant money. You want friendship, you gotta plant friendship. You want love, you gotta plant love. So sick of the Christians with the, you know, I've been coming to the church for a long time and I just haven't developed any relationships because you plant no seed. All you gotta do, listen, there is free food. Right behind the corner. And I'm not talking about garbage food. I'm talking about real live food. There's no pizza back there. I'm talking about real, and I love pizza, having pizza today. I'm talking about real live food back there. Go back there and sit there. You're like, well, I sat there and then nobody came up to me. Go up to them, plant seed. As mean as I am, I've never lacked friends. I never have. Right now, I just don't have, I, you know, I've told, I tell people, listen, I'm a horrible friend. I'm great if you need like your life saved or something like that. But like day-to-day communication, there's a very solid chance I won't answer your text. I'm just being honest. Thank you. I don't carry my phone around with me. I'm not, listen, I am not gonna have this shackle around me 24-7. I don't carry it around with me, so I leave it. You know, Jesse Duplantis doesn't even have a cell phone. You wanna get a hold of Jesse Duplantis, you gotta call him at his house or call his wife's cell phone. I'm not, listen, I'm not the world's greatest friend, but I, listen, it's not just because I'm pastoring this church. It's always been that way. Why? Because I will go engage people. I, I, love, I love the wallflowers. Just nobody will ever come talk to me. Okay, well, no, are you attractive? I'm not talking about your physical appearance. This is some of the most popular people I've ever met were, were threes. <laughs> some of the guys that dated the hottest women were threes. When I was at the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, occasionally there'd be social gatherings and I would see guys with their wives and I'm like, how did that big fat tub of goo get her? Because he has a lot to offer. See, I mean, he was funny, entertaining, engaging. You know how you get women? You, don't worry, it's okay. I'm going to tell you this. What? I can. No, I am. Listen. 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 
No, you remember. You, do you remember that time? You tell me I wasn't. What? You tell, that, what, that period of time, you're telling me I wasn't. I liked you because you were no, no, it was before that. I mean, no, after that. <laughs> after, no, after, after we'd broken up a couple times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm telling you, the key to it all is for the woman to know that you don't care. I'm telling you. I'm telling, listen, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. A woman hates neediness. If you go up and you are pining and needy, no, the greatest thing is like, hey, I'd love for you to be around, but I really don't care if you're not. It's just like, you want friends? You want friends? I tell people this all the time. You can come over, you cannot come over. I'm gonna do exactly the same thing today. And I always have people want to be my friend. That's before pastoring the church, while pastoring a small church, while pastoring a medium-sized church, and while pastoring a larger church. I've always had people line up to be my friend. And I'm not even that nice. I'm telling you. Who's that? Right here. Green hat. Travis, get him. <laughs> <laughs> swarm, Seinfeld, Psalm 30, Seinfeld 37.4, swarm, swarm. But I'm telling you, that's the key. I'll give you an example. My wife's going to hate this. I'm going to hear about this when I get home. When I was at the sheriff's office, you guys, I love you at the sheriff's office back here. Um, they were all working with me at the time, even. But my driver's license got suspended as a deputy. I didn't even know it was suspended. I was driving around, my license was suspended. And I was sitting at my office, and my supervisor gave me a call and said, you know your license is suspended? I said, how's my license? I mean, I have these, listen, I've been pulled over. I don't I shouldn't admit these things publicly. But I've been pulled over close to 80 times. Eight zero. It's true. I'm a wretched, very fast driver. <laughs> so I, but anyway, I, I'm like, I hadn't been pulled over. Well, I'd been pulled over, but I'd gotten out of the tickets because they're all my coworkers. So anyway, I had a guy pull me over one time and I just put the channel out. This is back when we had channel two. I put my, put this out the window, go to two. I was in an unmarked police car and I say, hey, it's me. All right. go <laughs> by. So anyway, my driver's license has been suspended, so I had to go to DHSMV and get my license. And what happened was, it had to do with a trailer, and it was actually their screw-up. DHSMV screw-up, not me. So I'm sitting there, and it's just, you know, I had, to have, I had to have a police car come pick me up, drive me to the driver's license bureau, and I sat there, and it was like a three, four-hour wait in Sarasota, downtown Sarasota, so I'm sitting there. And I, this girl walked in, and every guy in the room's mouth dropped open. Just a drop dead gorgeous woman. And I just went, you know what? I need a ride home. <laughs> As I just told, I told the, police, the, the cop who drove me there, just leave, you know you, you can't sit here for four hours. So I just went up to her and no other guy would go anywhere near her. But she knew, I don't care. 
So I just walked up to her and I started engaging her in conversation. And I said, hey, when we get our licenses, I need a ride home. <laughs> and I dated her for a couple months after that, but I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't have, but I did. That was why Hope and I were on uh, sabbatical. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, that's the girl I tried to date with Hope at the time. I called, I called her up because I'm never going to, I wasn't going to lie. I wasn't going to lie, so I called her up and said, hey, do you mind if we just see other people? Oh, my gosh. What did I do? Okay. Came to her office. I didn't call her on the phone. There it was. All right. There we go. I remember a phone call at some point doing that same thing. Yeah, no, whatever. So this has nothing to do with the message. I'm just trying to tell you how to live an exceedingly abundant life. Let go. Let go. And just so everybody knows, don't license yourself. I'm not out sinning. I wasn't at the bars. I wasn't having sex with anybody. I'm just letting you know that. Because next thing, oh, Pastor Tom said that. No, I never said anything like that. Now, where am I at? Oh, Galatians 6, 7, 8. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. What does it have to do with the Holy Spirit? Next verse. For he who sows to his flesh... Your flesh is Lord, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the capitalized spirit will of that spirit of the Holy Spirit reap everlasting life. And then the next real popular verse, and let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Holy Ghost! And he's never integrated into the preaching of those verses. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows that shall he also reap. No Holy Ghost? Let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. No Holy Ghost? It's all the Holy Spirit. It's you sowing into the Holy Ghost. How do you sow into the Holy Ghost? A myriad of ways. Studying the Word because that's what He brings. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. John 16, 13. He will... The four essentials, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. Engage the Holy Ghost. Be alone, be still, and know God. Everybody thinks Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Is everyone going, okay, I am still and I am acknowledging that you are God. No, it's be still and know God. If you don't do that, you're operating in carnality. That's why there's not the fruit that you want. Listen, I'm not talking about a lot of people launching into ministry. A lot of people shouldn't launch into ministry because you've never mastered the four essentials. Prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship for years before you start preaching the gospel. Otherwise, you'll be preaching carnality because you're not crucified enough. But you should actually focus on yourself. And what I mean by that is not imploding. I don't mean just all self-focus. But Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, what, what, what kind of relationship do you want to have with me? And he's gonna tell you little small things that you're not gonna like. How many type A people are in here? All right, okay, listen, you are, you are your own greatest obstacle if you allow it to be. I'm type A. 
Because you, you inherently take charge. You're orderly. You're driven. But you're going to have to be still. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. You don't like still waters. You're like me. I don't like it. You ever watch the podcast? I don't like anything still. But God says, you know what? You're going to be still. Here's what you are going to do. That's one of the, bringing back to Pastor Rodney. It's one of the great influences that he's brought in my life. Is he's come up to me and said things like, you know what? Tom, listen, because I was just from the pulpit railing pastors by name in 2020. And for a while, they deserved it, and I was actually cleared by the Holy Ghost to do it. And then the Holy Ghost told me to stop. Pastor Rodney came up and put his arm around me. He goes, listen, they don't know. They don't know. And I'm like, how could they not know? They don't know. He came up, put his hand on me, and goes, when we didn't have this building, we had people leaving. Because we had our old, the old building, the, you know, the tile store. This is what it was for all intents and purposes. We had 700 people coming in there. There's, I mean, it sat 200. We squeezed out, like Travis made it, like 242 chairs in there, whatever. There was no, we had a, a filled overflow room. And people are just like, I don't want to be, and who wants to be in overflow? I hate overflow. So people are like, we're leaving. We're just, they, were, they were nasty, they were sweet as can be. But they're like, who wants to sit in the overflow room? Yeah. Nobody, and then by the way, the overflow room had no room, so I guess we're gonna have to have an overflow room for the overflow room. So we needed this building. Yeah. Look at us now, we needed the building. Yeah. But Pastor Rodney came up to me and said, listen, and I'm like getting all frustrated and hopes hearing it every day. Can't stand people are walking off. I mean, I watched like a family of 11 walk out of the church because they were like, there was no room in the overflow. You know, and Heather and Hope would be on me every Sunday. You got to cut the first service where it's supposed to be cut because nobody has any place to park and all those different things. And I'm like, that's no problem. Everything's fine. Like, you don't deal with it. <laughs> For me, I'm just back in the office. I told you. <laughs> Heather, Travis, Aaron, and Hope run the church. I just show up and scream at people and then I go home. <laughs> but he came up to me and said, listen, I was getting very frustrated. He could read it on my face and probably the Holy Ghost was telling him, listen, the building will come. The building will come. And it came. That's being directed by the Holy Spirit. For me, I'm pushing, pressing, crying. It doesn't do anything. God is going to do what God will do through you though. He's only going to work through Christians. But you have to be an empty vessel. You have to get out of the way. If your type A gets in the way, I almost said your type anus. <laughs> You're like A-N-E-S-S, not A-N-U-S. <laughs> I shouldn't share what goes on in my mind with you, but I can't help it. Told you, you're like my psychiatric counseling. Stop laughing, Aaron, because you make me laugh when you start laughing. That's when I really break down the podcast is when he starts laughing. But you being type A could be getting in your way. And then for some of you who aren't type A, you're too relaxed. 
No, I'm just a twig on the river of life. Planes, trains, and automobiles. It's a twig on a mighty stream. Del Griffith. You need to amp it up. Your part, whether you are type A, type B, whatever you are, is prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship, the four essentials. If you do that, you will never need my counsel. You don't need anyone to teach you. 1 John 2, 27. Uh, listen, pretty much every Sunday I'm counseling people now. I don't know why you'd want my counsel, but people do. This is pretty, I mean, it's pretty much, here's what the Bible says. Take it or leave it. That's that. That's pretty, what, pretty much what, and by the way, I'm, I'm nice. You can ask the people who come to God. I'm nice. People think that I am one way. I'm not. Once I, once I stop preaching or podcasting, I shift into being a very, like, I don't know what you call, laid back person, I guess. But whatever is getting in your way, the Holy Ghost is telling you, here's the direction I want you to go. But do you have that relationship with him? You don't unless you've asked for it. Look at me now. I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't care if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Doesn't mean you have a relationship with him unless you're willing to yield. He tells me, yield. You know, just as an example, because Aaron's on my mind now, because he's, you know, usually Aaron's running all over the place, but he's sitting here right now. He's usually back there and back here. I see him running all over the place. Whenever he's moving, I'm like, what's the problem? What's going on? But on occasion, I've taken now to eating right before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Aaron loves it because normally I eat like, I only eat like once a day. So I eat at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I eat whatever I want. But then by the time the podcast gets there, I'm hungry. And I know that I'm not eating again until the next day at three o'clock. But I'm already hungry. So like, I have a tendency to be a little, like I can go without sleep. Sleep has no effect on me. I actually, the less I sleep, the more relaxed I am. I'm like, I have, there's no effect on me. It's great. But food, on the other hand, is an issue. So I've taken to, before the podcast, I get myself uh, a kind bar or a cliff bar or whatever else, and I haul that thing down and it brings my mood up. Because numerous times I've bitten Aaron's head off during the podcast because, you know, I'm waiting for, because I'm all into it. And I'm like, all right, next slide. Next slide. Come on, guys. I'm yelling at him. It's way worse than that because I'm just pretending now. It's mean. So the Holy Ghost tells me, you go apologize. Aaron's all right. He's a man. He got it. I mean, he's, he's good. No, you go apologize. And there has been times where I haven't been able to, and the Holy Ghost won't let me be. You apologize. I'll come up to him a week later. Hey, Aaron, he's like, you know, he didn't care anymore, but he didn't care then. But I moved up to him, and I said, listen, I apologize. And there's been times. I remember one time we're coming in, and I didn't think something was done in there. And I'm like, and it was me, Will, and Aaron. I screamed across Will to Aaron. These things have to be done. And then Aaron gave me the explanation, and I was completely wrong. So I just said, stop. Everybody stop. Aaron, you are right. I was wrong. I apologize for what I did. Because that's what the Holy Ghost said. Do you do that? Listen, is that fun? I'll tell you one more. I pulled a guy over for running a red light. Pulled him over. And he goes, no, I had the green arrow. I said, no, you didn't. 
You didn't have, it's impossible for you to have the green arrow. Because I'm telling you, I had the green arrow. And I'm like, no, you didn't. So I went, I looked at the light and he had the green arrow. I didn't think it cycled that way, but he did, he had it. So I went up to him, full uniform, lights on, everything. Listen, you are right and I am wrong. Sorry about that. Here's your license back. Have a great day. I didn't just, I didn't go back. I didn't go check it and then go, oh, you know, I got, I got another call coming. So no, you are right. I am wrong. You want a key to a happy marriage? Learn how to do that. Don't, listen, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about being a spineless man and saying that you were wrong when you were right so you can get in right standing with your wife. I'm saying when you are wrong, don't just say, well, you know, we just need to move on. Let's just move. No, say it out loud. I was wrong. You were right. I am sorry. See how quiet it gets in here? Come on. Why? Pride goes before destruction. You're ruining your life with your pride. Let it go. So if you want to understand reaping and sowing or sowing and reaping, you got to have the Holy Ghost. Because here, here's, here's what will happen too, is you'll sow in a, on terrible ground. People will sow into useless ministries. I sow into lively ministries. Massive fruit, fruit producing ministries. Because it's a good investment. I'm not going to sew into some mask wearing, cut a hole in your mask, flute playing, <laughs> vaccine temple. And I don't care if right now they're saying they've always been against it. I guess they forget that you can scroll back on Facebook. I'm not sewing into that death ground. I'm sewing into, I'm sewing into RHB. I'm sewing into the River Church. I'm sewing into Revival today. I sow into Archer Pulaski. And all I've done is reap millions for this ministry, not me personally, although I'll take millions. I don't care. I don't care if I'm a millionaire. I'm fine being a millionaire. <laughs> I guess I am kind of a millionaire in my way with my retirement money, but see Jeff Tomas. He's not sitting there now. I could have plugged Jeff and he left. He waved Vanessa. You're Jeff's replay. That's his wife right there. There you go. Yeah. Here's another one. Romans 8.15. Another very popular verse, and nobody talks about the Holy Ghost. All they talk about is Abba Father. What's the verse say? For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba Father. Amen. You don't even know what Abba Father means without the Holy Ghost. But people always preach this verse. We get the call, and then people, listen, you can do what you want, and you ain't going to hell either way for this. But please, you know, if, don't, uh, what? It's all right. Yeah, if you want to call God daddy and all that, I mean, just don't do it around me. I mean, there's daddy Jesus and daddy God, and I mean, uh, you know. Not for me. It's fine if you want to do it. I ain't doing that. It's with. I called my dad, daddy, when I was four. My dad would have punched my teeth out if I called him daddy when I was 24. 
Just saying, do as you will. Very accommodating church here at Foundation Church. Um, you will never be in leadership here, ever teach a Bible study, but other than that. <laughs> so what verses surround this verse? Let me, let me emphasize this first. By him we cry, Abba, Father. By the Holy Spirit. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received, now it's capitalized, the spirit of sonship. And by the Holy Ghost you cry out, Abba, Father. Now he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, Romans 8, 27. The Holy Ghost praying through you. The spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. He has to pray through you. Why? Because all of us are too dumb to pray correctly without a renewed Holy Spirit-driven mind. Just admit it. You can get to the place over a period of time where you can be more in partnership with God, but if you're like me and you're 54 and you've wasted most of your Christianity, and again, I wasn't in the bars. I've been married for 27 years of that time. Wasn't in the bars, wasn't cheating on my wife, wasn't living in sin, just wasting my life. Concerned about all sorts of other things. The Holy Spirit will come in, Romans 8, 27, and pray the will of God through you if you let him. We don't know what we ought to be. Listen to the entire verse. The Spirit helps us in our wisdom, Romans 8, 26 and 27. I didn't give those to the guys in the back. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. See, I just put, the Bible's nicer than me. So I just say, because we're too dumb to know what to pray. That might offend some of you, but what, why not admit it? The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. There's another real popular verse that I didn't include that's all Holy Spirit driven. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him uh, according to his own will. Well, it's all driven by the Holy Spirit. All driven by the Holy Ghost. And by him we cry out the Father. What are the verses that surround 815? Obviously, 14, 16, and 17. Here's 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You tell me that I'm not saved if I'm not led by the Spirit? Well, you might be saved, but you're not, a, you're not a son of God. There's a difference. Again, that just comes down to, do you want a distancy relationship with God? And by the way, that is the greatest way to not stay saved, and that is the greatest way for your kids never to be saved. Because who would want what you have? Because you're just as miserable of the world as the world is, and you've attached God to that, that misery. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. He tells you what to do. It's like I, did, like I just explained a minute ago. I don't want to apologize. I don't like to apologize any more than anybody else. I don't like to not cuss. I want to cuss. I'm driving down the road this morning. It's like a roadblock out there. I'm like, why won't you let me pass? 
You're going 48 and 55 in the fast lane. Why are you, why are you against me passing you? Why? What are you gaining by me not passing you? I want to drive right up next to the person, roll my window down, and let them have it. But I don't. I want to. The Holy Ghost won't let me. 16 and 17. The spirit, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. Here's another one. I keep stumbling upon all the verses. Join heirs is one of the most popular verses in the Bible. How do you live as a joint heir, as a son of God? How do you do it? The Holy Ghost, led by the Spirit of God. By him we cry, Abba, Father. That's how you live as a joint heir, as a son of God. Son carried a far greater amount of weight in the Jewish tradition than it does today in our traditions. It was a joint heir. Everything that was your dad's is now yours because you are operating as a son. Or you could be the prodigal that walked away from it all. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. It's all about the Holy Ghost. You notice it? But if you, listen, unless you, unless you Luke 11, uh, 13, 11, or 11, 13, 11, 13, unless you Luke 11, 13 him, he ain't there like he's supposed to be. I'm not saying you're not saved. It's the difference between being somebody who's saved and being a son or a daughter of God. A joint heir. How do you know whether you're a joint heir? Do you have all of his things? And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Do you have all of his things? Because if you don't, then you're missing part of what you are an heir to. And it's because you're not operating in the Holy Ghost. I, well, I don't believe in being rich. You're not operating by the Holy Ghost because he would bring the word to you. Amen. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Give it all away if you want. I was, tell, I was telling Miguel this morning, I'm about like three things. I love watches, I love cars, and I love sunglasses. So if I'm a multimillionaire, there's gonna be cars. There's gonna be sunglasses, there's gonna be watches. The rest of, you should see the rest of the minimalist life really that I lead. My wife kind of makes fun of me about it. I shouldn't tell this part, but I'm going to. It's not my wife's fault. She can't do anything about it. Let's put that out there for her. If you walked into our room, <laughs> If <laughs> you like pulled back like the bread spread, my side of the bed has got paw prints on it, dirt, food stains. Because I lay there with my dog who's always dirty. He comes in, and it's like there's a giant smile. She goes, I just, you're ruining our sheets. You're ruining, I bet all this money on these sheets, and you're just, you're ruining. I'm like, yeah, but he's got to be there. He's a baby. He's a little baby. He's a little baby boy. He's just a baby. He's lots of love and lots of attention. He's two. (laughs) 
He's, look what he's done to the, look at what he's done. Well, I know. I live a very, listen, I mean, it, I mean, Aaron knows. Aaron comes over somewhat frequently, works out with Tommy and stuff like that. I mean, I just, you know, I was wearing a shirt the other day that had no armpits. He's just walking down the road. They're all torn up and hanging there, waving to people. Yeah. And I don't have a poverty mindset at all because it's antithetical to the word. I just live however I want to live. If I had, if I had $10 million in the bank right now, I'd live the exact same way. I don't have an interest in anything else. I'd have a great truck, tons of watches, tons of sunglasses. That's good. I'll finish with this or head towards the end with this. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 13. Now you've heard me preach a lot out of this. But I want you to see it because everybody quotes verse nine. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now let me confront you first with that. If that is not your life, which by the way, I'm 54, for 51 years that wasn't my life. But it is now. It's not where it's, my life is not where it's supposed to be. But it's heading that way. What no eye has seen, what no ears heard. I mean, come on, I want you to think about it. How many people, I'm not saying this to brag. Please understand, I'm not bragging. I'm not bringing glory to myself because it's all God. But how many people spend 25 years humping police calls and then are preaching today in front of all these people? We had on, I think it was Tuesday, 957 people watching live at the podcast. We're live on CTN on Saturday nights with six, 700 people watching online and then all the CTN audience. Who lives like that? That's the life God wants you to have. It doesn't mean that you're gonna be preaching from the pulpit or doing that. You can, I don't get whatever God has called you to do. I'm not qualifying you or disqualifying you. I'm just telling you that that's the life that God wants you to have. If you don't have that, what no eye has seen, well, no, and listen, it can start at any time. I don't care whether you're five, 50 or 70 or 80 or 90. I don't, it doesn't matter. Because even, even if you're considered old by today's standards, you knew I was going here. You're not really old. Average age of death in America has gone down a year. Two years ago, the average age of death in America was 78. Then it went to 77, and now it's 76 with all their life-saving vaccines. Funny how the more vaccinated you are, the shorter your life is. Weird. There I got banned off of YouTube again for two weeks, I'm sure, right there. For true, for, for true information. So this life can be yours. If you, if you are 75, you have 45 years left. According to the Bible, that's what the Holy Ghost will bring you. My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. That's the Bible. But what about the Psalm that tells you you have four score and whatever years? I don't, you're like, Tom, you memorize a lot of verses. I don't memorize that one. <laughs> Why? And it's not because, listen, because that's old covenant. I either go with the new covenant or the Abrahamic covenant, which was the twin sister or twin brother to the new covenant. Genesis 6-3 is the Abrahamic covenant. The Psalms is the old covenant, the inferior covenant. 
the building block to the new covenant. So I go back to the Abrahamic covenant of faith. That's 120 years. And it's proven all over the world anyway. I know I preach this all the time. I preach this because there's people, listen, we are a young church by Northport standards, but there are people in here 60 and above. And you need to understand, if you're 60, you got 60 to go. I'm serious. Not 16 years to go, which is the average age of death in America. The average age of death of COVID is 79. Three years above the average life expectancy in America. And they're going to try to lock us down again coming in October. Watch them. It's happening. Kentucky's closing down their schools right now. It's true. They're going to Zoom, going to Zoom classes right now in a specific district in Kentucky. They're going to try. You need to be led by the Spirit. When COVID hit, I'm like, that stinks. That stinks. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, all the other Christians were energized by, oh, look at my compassion. I'm wearing a mask, which means absolutely nothing. It does absolutely nothing, but I'm doing it. So you're doing something that means nothing, is nothing, and is actually a lie, but you're doing it. And you think that it has value. No, I was led by the Spirit of God. Rodney Howard Brown, led by the Spirit of God, gets arrested. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, led by the Spirit of God, stays open. Archie Pulaski, led by the Spirit of God, gets arrested numerous times. Tony Spell in Louisiana, Greg Locke, all of us could sense it, led by the Spirit of God. And I know there's numerous others. I just don't know everybody's name. But you're supposed to have a life that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. You should be looking back right now going, man, how did we get to where we are? It's amazing. It's all miraculous. Yes, you you have to put in effort, but you put in the effort that he tells you to put in. Like your effort is to submit. Your effort is to pray, to receive, to ask, not do. Yeah, you have not because you. There you go. Most Christians, they don't have because they don't ask. They ask, you're like, well, they do ask. No, you ask, you, you use mamsy, pamsy. Trying to not, I'm used trying to think of a word that's not testicular related. Huh? Yeah, yeah well, it is meaningless. But just, just prayers with no fortitude that are not the word of God. Lord, if it be your will, you know what we'd really like. It's not what you do. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Psalm 33, 6, right? So what do you do? Speak it. Amen. He's given you, Ephesians 1, 3, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. He speaks things into existence. You speak things into existence. That's what you do. That's asking. That's all he's asking you to do. He's asking you to ask correctly. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. People think, well, God could do it if he, if he wanted to. No, he can't. For God to operate outside of the realm of faith would make God a liar. He can't. Well, he could have come through if he wanted. He couldn't because there's unbelief in the camp. He can't. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's not that he's sitting up there going, I'm not pleased. It's like, I can't operate in the covenant I've given you because you refuse to ask and you refuse to believe. Well, this might be too good to, you know, why don't you just do it? I do it all the time. Things come into my mind. I was like, yes, Lord, I received that. I don't like, well, you know, you're talking about millions of dollars, God. 
you know, you're talking about the, just this being a, a great life. Well, yeah, that's what gospel means. And almost too good to be true news. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. God wants you well. God wants you wealthy. You're like, Tom, you, you go all over the gamut. Hell, fire, and brimstone. Uh, Anti-Calvinism. I say you can lose your salvation because that's the title of chapters in the Bible. The great apostasy, chapter, First uh, Timothy chapter four, is entitled the great apostasy. Second Thessalonians chapter two is entitled the great falling away. So I preach it all. Just because I preach hellfire and brimstone doesn't mean that I don't believe in health and wealth, because I do. Because it's all the Bible. What no eye has seen, what no ears heard, what no mind has conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. Is that your life, or are you on the brink of misery? But God has revealed it to us. What? What has he revealed to us? What no eye has seen, no ears heard, what no mind has conceived. What God has prepared for those who love, who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Again, it's spirit's capitalized. By his spirit. And you've never asked him to fill you? That's why you don't have the no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. And then some of you got filled 37 years ago and you built a monument to tongues and then you took over lordship again. You got filled with the Holy Ghost, you spoke with tongues and just like Catholics, Lutherans, and everybody else, you became a Pentecostal religious person. And you built a monument to being filled with the Holy Ghost. Instead of being led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. What I do, what I do when I'm praying, I pray when I'm walking, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, pitch black darkness, out in the woods, whatever it is, I'm out walking and I'm praying. And I just go, Lord, this is about healing. And I just start speaking in tongues. This is about what I want in this area. And I start speaking in tongues. Led by the Spirit of God. With groans, using groans that I can't express. I want that. For some of you, that's too weird. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. This life comes through the Holy Ghost. Jesus is not here. That's so offensive. It's not offensive. It's the Bible. It's offensive because you have formed your own version of Christianity. It's your own totem pole. It's your Ezra pole. And if it was Josiah, it'd be burnt to the ground because it's idolatry. Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God. He's not here. The Holy Ghost is here, whom Jesus sent. John 16, 7 and 8. The Spirit searches all things. We are at 1 Corinthians 2.10. It's 12.06, heading towards the end. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, searches all things, even the deep things of God. Do you want that in your life, or do you want to run the show? Now listen, be honest with yourself and just say, if it's, you want to run the show, just say out loud, I want to run the show. I want to run the show. Just say it. It's like a lot of Christians need to say out loud, I don't like the Bible. They need to say it out loud, I hate the Bible, which means you hate Jesus. I believe that you shouldn't be telling homosexual people they're going to go to hell. They're not the only ones I tell they're going to hell. The liars, the cheats, the thieves, the covetous, the fornicators, the pornographers. I've been guilty of sexual sin myself. I'd die and go straight to hell if I hadn't repented of my sin. 
Simple as that. Simple as that. I mean, that's, that's what the truth is. But a lot of people just need to say, you know what, out loud, I don't want the Holy Ghost. So if you don't want the Holy Ghost, understand. I'll go back to you just on the verses. You don't have sowing and reaping. You don't have an exceedingly abundant life. You don't have resurrection power. You don't have what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind can conceive. Because you've, cho- you've chosen to be Lord instead of the Holy Ghost. Believe me, I experienced it for 51 years. I got saved when I was 18. So 18 to 51, which is basically 32, 33 years, I was Lord as a Christian. And then I happened to make a tape in defense of Rodney Howard Brown, got to meet him, and the walls broke down. Thank God. So now I'm preaching what broke my own walls down. And that was my own lordship. And people would be, listen, people coveted what I had before. People, there's lots of people, like false prophets, false teachers, and whatever else, who would love to have a church of 200 people. To, they could you have their own, finally have their own platform. They would love, they'd love to have that. That's not what I wanted. That's not what God had for me. He had what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived. That's what God had for me. And guess what? He's not a respecter of persons. Romans 2.11. What he has for me, he has for you. But you're gonna have to invite the Holy Ghost in. Let me finish these verses and we'll be done. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God without the spirit of God, except the spirit of God. So except this, if you understand something, unless you are in communication with the Holy Ghost, you're not in communication with the Father or the Son. Listen to what it says. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? There's not a soul in here who knows what I'm thinking right now. Do you? Go ahead, try it. Hit it. You know what I'm thinking. No one knows, no one knows my thoughts except me. I mean, except God, of course. Let's just, we're operating in the natural for just a moment. Nobody knows my thoughts except for me. Nobody knows. It's all kinds of weird things popping through my mind right now. I mean, I'm, ser- I'm ser- seriously. I, you don't think I look at you. I'm looking at you, and I'm like, that's a nice outfit, right? I mean, while I'm preaching, I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We don't even know what he's thinking without the Holy Spirit. Imagine getting saved and never knowing the thoughts of God. That's why they all closed and why they all masked. Like, Tom, why do you always bring that up? That's from three years ago. It's not from three years ago. First of all, it's from, two, it's from a year ago is when they finally, everybody finally stopped. And they're all remasking now. I can't remember. Was it Jeff? It was you, I think, sent me a, a video of a girl walking through the airport, walking all alone, masked up. Still doing it. They're trying to probably put TSA back in masks. It's this exact same spirit anyway because you're gonna bring it with climate change. So you better, be, you better know the thoughts of God because that's what I had in, in April or March of 2020. I'm like, this smells because I don't have the thoughts of God without the Holy Ghost, but I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I prayed, I studied the word. I wasn't where I needed to be with God. I was probably, I never said it out loud, but I was probably less than a year away from not pastoring anymore. I was like, I just don't like it. Something's very different than most pastors because most pastors preach because they need it. They need it. They, they need it. They're like, you know what, Pastor? I cannot wait for Pastor Appreciation Day. And they're going to drive that Harley down the middle of the church. 
and finally appreciate me for all that I've done. I don't need any of that. I'm like, I'm a loner. I'm like a solitary. I don't even care. I love, I love people, but I don't need people. I want you. I don't need you. As want is a far more powerful emotion than need. I want you. I don't need you. I love you. I don't need you. Never marry somebody who needs you. Marry somebody who wants you and loves you. We have not received, last two verses and we're done. Worship team, make your way. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Why do you have what no eye has seen? Why do you not have what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived? Why do you not have it? How many of you will honestly say, like I've acknowledged wasting 51 years of my life and not being exactly where I'm supposed to be with God right now? How many of you will openly say that's me? So I don't have, you don't have to raise your hand, don't do anything. I'm just saying in your communications with God. I am not living that life right now, but I want it. Well, you've got to go Holy Ghost. And listen, he's gonna come in because he's the Holy Ghost and he is fire. He's gonna burn things to the ground. If you're bipolar, that goes bye-bye. And you might like being bipolar. You may like it. Everybody gives me attention. I'm having a bad day today, so I'm gonna call my relatives and everybody else and they're all gonna put, give me sympathy. A lot of people would rather be sick than healthy. Because you get all the sympathy. He's going to burn it. Holy Ghost and fire. He's going to burn it. We haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we may understand the word of God. That we may understand the Jesus. Otherwise, we don't get it. That's why we don't have the life that we're supposed to have. But you can have it. I don't care how old you are. It starts today. You can have it right now. 